0: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Okay, so I had some time yesterday after I finished up our Reverse Chronological Lightning Round Monday podcast. And you remember, towards the end of the show, I dove into a little bit of the how do we take advantage of this protocol fest going on in the NBA right now. And we don't, I I guess we can probably call it a COVID fest because more than likely because we know most of the NBA is at least one shot deep in vaccination. Most two that they're not going to make these guys quarantine. If it was just a brief exposure. So COVID fest in the NBA. And I mentioned how maximizing your games played is more important now than ever. And that is, of course, very much localized in head-to-head daily formats. But then I took a little bit of time last night and this morning, and I thought, you know what, that actually, that statement doesn't cover everything we need it to. Because there are many of us that are in roto games capped formats that are now in severe jeopardy of falling way behind the games cap. And if your first thought there is, well, everybody is, you're probably right. With the exception, of course, of teams that, you know, had a massive running start that were like way out in front of the games cap going into this wild COVID fest. They now will kind of drop back to, you know, probably more on target with everything that's going on. But I thought it'd be worthwhile to spend six, seven minutes here at the beginning of today's show going into why this is important in two separate reasons. The head-to-head side is fairly straightforward. It's what we talked about at the end of yesterday's podcast, which was basically, look, if everyone in your head-to-head league is being ravaged by COVID right now and everybody is down two or three players on top of whatever they have in their injured list slots then everyone is back on the same level playing field we were before this wild mid to late December spike kicked in. And most of the time, we say streaming is relatively important. If you're in a daily head-to-head league, and it's fairly competitive, you pretty much aren't going to win your league unless you do a little bit of streaming. Doesn't have to be a ton. One slot is generally sufficient if you can squeeze two streamer slots that's great you can get a couple extra games out of every week it's it's not like it's going to turn your team into a juggernaut from a middle of the pack team but over the course of a year every other week or something like that whatever you want to think of it you probably win one more category than you would have so if you were gonna go nine and nine over a two-week stretch you probably go 10 and 8 over that two-week stretch and that adds up over the course of a season. Every other week, you move two games above 500 farther ahead because of streaming than you would have otherwise. So 20 regular season weeks, you're basically 20 extra games over 500. It really does add up over the course of the year. Again, it's not this big like, oh, I streamed, so I went from losing 4-5 to winning 8-1 every week. It doesn't swing it like that. But if you stick with it over the whole season it does dramatically impact your head to head team's record. The reason that this is sort of an easy discussion right now is that streaming is sort of important when everybody's getting 50 games out of their team in a given week. And it becomes even more important when instead of beating your opponent in games played 52 to 50, you're now beating your opponent in games played 38 to 36 or 38 to 35 or something like that. But then the question becomes, how do we stream right now? Because, heaven forbid, look, if you're in a head-to-head league where you have to make moves the day before, that's nuts. Switch it. Head-to-head leagues need to have the ability to make moves on the day of. It's why I've now tried Yahoo Pro Leagues, and I hate them on the head-to-head side. The fab stuff, having to set that crap a day in advance and not actually knowing ever if you're going to get dudes that you want to pick up, It's annoying as hell. I don't know how you guys do it. To me, it's a a really not at all user-friendly way of playing fantasy basketball. But whatever. I think first come, first serve is always fun. So everybody is, there is an advantage to actually being someone who's attentive to this stuff. And then on top of that, look, like, if you're in a day of on head-to-head, you can wait until late in the day. And I believe that you should. Wait until as late as humanly possible to make your moves because all throughout the morning, and it tends to stop by around lunchtime Pacific time, so probably around the time you're listening to this podcast, that's when we stop getting test results. We get the first batch at like noon Eastern time, and then we get the second batch like two or three hours later. It seems like each time zone gets their batch back around lunchtime, I I I probably should look and see if there's a a real trend there. But you get these; they get their results at around the same time every day, and that's when we get our news. They they announce it, and then we re-announce it. So after noon Pacific time, you're probably in the clear. You can go back and look at when, you know, uh, the our fantasy feeds, Ethos Fantasy BK tweets out what that someone went into protocols, and you can see when you stop hearing about that on any given day. It's probably by about 1 o'clock Pacific time. So you still have about three hours before the NBA starts on a given night to decide what you want to do. But heaven help you, if you make a move in the morning, you are asking for trouble. Unless you're picking up someone who just came back out of protocols, in which case, you're probably okay. So like for today, for instance, we already heard that Taylor Horton Tucker is back out of protocols with no Anthony Davis, no Malik Monk, no Austin Reeves. He's going to get a whole lot to do. He's a really good streamer right now because you could pick him up in the morning after the news broke that he's coming back knowing he's not about to go back out again. He's out of protocols. He had it. He's good. You're not going to catch it two times in two weeks. He might have it again before the season's over, depending on what happens here with Omicron, but he's not catching it at back-to-back weeks. It's not happening. This just not how disease works. His body is still in overdrive. Massive immune response. You're not getting again right now. But that again, more of a tangential thought. So that's the head-to-head side. What I'd also add on the head-to-head side is streaming is different right now. You are not streaming to maximize your games played per roster slot. You are streaming to minimize missed games per roster slot. It's a little bit of that Playoff philosophy, it's a little bit of that silly season philosophy, as I spill uh, a soda on my keyboard here mid-podcast, in that, thinking back, for instance, to last year's head-to-head playoffs, I actually had more guys get injured in a given week than I had roster moves in that league In a given week, I had like seven guys get hurt and I only had four roster moves to make. That's the type of stuff that's happening right now. So if you come into a week and you spend a move on a Monday that isn't related to an injury or a COVID absence, you're probably wasting that move. Because getting that extra game out of that roster slot early in the week might cost you... If, say, on Tuesday, you lose two guys to COVID. On Wednesday, you lose someone to a real injury. And on Thursday, you lose another guy to COVID. You've now lost Tuesday through Sunday on two players. That's six days. Wednesday through Sunday of one injured player, five days of games. And then Thursday through Sunday, that's four days of games. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday on that last one. So that ends up being 21 days of games That you might have lost that week, but you already spent a move on some guy that was healthy anyway. I'll give you an example of this. I'm in a pretty damn competitive league, and I've been lately getting my butt handed to me because of non-COVID injuries, because I had guys that actually got hurt before all of this crap happened, and then this crap happened, like CJ McCollum and Jimmy Butler have just been out. (laughs) That's laying waste to a number of my teams. Not, ugh, I don't want to talk about 30 deep right now. I have more players hurt on my 30 deep team than I do healthy. You know what you do in that instance? You play zeros. Because there just aren't even guys on the waiver wire that are playing actual NBA minutes. You can pick up someone who gets like four minutes a game. That's how you do it. You're doomed. If you have more than two guys hurt in 30 deep, you're just dead. Anyway, not your, not your problem. The example I wanted to give here is, I have Wayne Ellington on that team, and I would love nothing more than to part with Wayne Ellington on that team as Lakers start to come back, as THT comes back. Dwight Howard is back. By the way, really like Dwight Howard as a pickup in a lot of formats, come to think of it. I would love to be able to move off of Wayne Ellington. I don't think he's going to do very much. I have JaVale McGee on that team who I had picked up when DeAndre Ayton was out. But you know what I still have on that team? JaVale McGee. Because I cannot afford to use a roster move. By the way, I've been kind of lucky because JaVale's had two giant games in uh, Suns blowouts. But look, let's be honest. The expectation was that with Ayton back, McGee's going to go back to 15 minutes a game and, or 13 minutes a game, and something like eight points and five rebounds in a block. And that has to be good enough right now. I'd love to move off of him to some streaming option, but I can't drop a healthy player to pick up another healthy player. I need to have my roster moves available for injuries and COVID right now, and you do too. You know what roster move I used in that league? I dropped Tyus Jones. Not because John Morant came back, but because Jones was out. My other, unfortunately, my other protocol guys are not droppable. Gary Trent is the protocol guy that just went out on that team. I sat on Taylor Horton Tucker. I didn't have enough moves to get rid of him over the last nine days. Another example, and I know this is like the cardinal sin in fantasy is to talk about your own teams, but I'm hoping that this gives you guys an indication of how you can win your head-to-head leagues right now. I'm in another league where now it's, it's getting worse by the minute. Uh, Freddie Van Fleet just went into protocols. Jared Vanderbilt yesterday went into protocols. Andrew Wiggins was already in them. McCollum was already hurt. I think I dropped two guys yesterday that were in protocols. Cody Martin I had to drop yesterday because he was in protocols. These are the things you absolutely positively must do. You know who I still have on that team? I have DeAndre Jordan on that damn team. I don't think I can use a move to drop him because I need to make sure I have enough moves to get through the week, to dodge whatever other injuries might pop up. I have Derrick Rose on that team. If he doesn't play tonight, I probably just have to drop him and move on. I need to max Jared Vanderbilt, probably I have to drop and move on, which sucks because he's been a top 90 guy for the better part of a month and a half now. It's really hard. The way you can... The thing is... If your opponent isn't doing this stuff, and they also have two, three, four guys that are getting smoked by COVID, and you're each playing on pace to get like 37 games in a head-to-head matchup, by beating them by three or four games, you're almost definitely locking in a weekly win. Now on the Roto side, I think the, the difference here is that you you kind of treat your roster the same way, but you're going for short-term fill-ins. In head-to-head, you wait until the last minute to make sure the guy you're picking up doesn't miss the very next game. In Roto, you can pick guys up the day before, in the morning, whatever it is, uh, if you think they have a great shot to play 40 minutes right now. But Roto streaming is actually becoming more important. As confusing as it might be, you know, a weirdo uh, or a goofball pickup like... If the Bucks sat their entire team again, you might want to just grab one of those guys for one game. So in Roto right now, you really have to be keyed in on the injury replacements. In head-to-head, I think you need to be keyed in on who's hurt on your team. That was more than six minutes. Sorry about that. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today. This is Dan Bespris, Uh, and the show, of course, is a sports ethos presentation And I want to kind of start things by reminding you guys that this show is brought to you by our friends at Thrive Fantasy. A nice handful of you have signed up over there. I would encourage you, more of you, to do the same. Win some money here over the next couple of days. Prop up! It's really fun. Do you think that, I don't know, did you think Steph Curry was going to have 30 plus points yesterday? Maybe you go to Thrive Fantasy and you pick the over. What do you think is going to happen tonight? Yeah, weirdo cards tonight. What do you think Jalen Brunson's going to do tonight? I don't think he's actually on the chart there for uh, for Thrive. But, you know, you look at some of the superstars that might be out there tonight. What about Dame? What do you think Dame's going to do tonight? Cat, Braun, Russ, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. What do you think those guys are going to do tonight? Hmm? Isn't that easier than looking at all these teams and saying, hmm, I uh, wonder what Herb Jones is going to do tonight. Because that's what regular DFS is. At Thrive Fantasy, you don't need to know what Herb Jones is going to do. You don't need to. It's it's so much more straightforward. It's such a more fun niche of DFS to play in. So please go to Thrive Fantasy. Sign up using promo code ETHOS. And I'm going to try to do a better job today of making sure that I get all of the links in your face... So follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. I'm gonna get the Thrive Fantasy links in your face. And here's another important thing I want you following on. My bookie, one of our buddies here, one of our partners for a year and a half now, is starting a wild Christmas week series of bonuses. It's actually longer than that. Twelve days of giveaways at mybookie.ag right now. And this is not just for new customers. This is for anyone over there. So if you have an existing account at mybookie.ag, make sure you log in every single day between today, the 21st of December, and January 1st. Log in every single day. And when you log in, a pop-up will appear on your screen gifting you a prize. Today is a $10 casino chip. All you got to do is log in. There will be free casino chips. There will be free uh, slot machine spin prizes. There will be odds boosts. It is every day between today and January 1st. And on December 24th, the day before Christmas, they're having a bad Santa party where every four, I think, or six hours, they're gifting more prizes. So that one's all day long. You just log in every few hours on the 24th and you get different prizes all day long. These are $10 chips in the casino, free spins in the slot. Whatever you win when you use those freebies, you keep. One of our good buddies that works with us here at Hoopa, Andre, shout out, uh, used his free spin. And he's been winning 10 15 20 sometimes as many as $50 on these things. That you get to keep. There's no rollover on what you win. You use the free spins, you use the odds boost, you use the free chips in the casino, and you keep the money. Look, I'll admit to you guys, I don't know how much we're going to make on all this, but we're talking about between today and January 1st, plus a bunch of stuff on the 24th. My guess is that none of us walks away with less than 50 bucks in regular cash, and all you got to do is log in, claim the freebie, and use it. If you don't have a MyBookie account, I don't know what the hell you've been doing all this time. We all won like almost $400 dollars over the Thanksgiving promos, I bought myself a $400 item here. I am not messing with you guys. I don't know if you guys keep thinking that there's like a weird catch on this stuff. I won 400, almost $400, and I just took it out, took it out in Bitcoin, threw that Bitcoin back into my wallet, and bought a thing for $400. It took like three days for the whole process. So please join me as we take all kinds of free money From mybookie.ag, if you need to set up an account, do it using promo code HOOPBALL. Yes, it's the old name. And again, over at Thrive Fantasy, the promo code is Ethos. They've got the new name. All right, let's pivot now to a relatively brief Monday recap. Um, I mean, this is how things have been going right now. Between postponements and other stuff, things getting very, very weird. Philly beat Boston 108-103. The Sixers, without their... First and second options at point guard. Tyrese Maxey out. Shake Milton out. So they went big. And it didn't work for a while. They ended up overcoming the Celtics right at the very end of this ballgame. Matisse uh Danny Green, both starting. Both getting full starters minutes. If that happens again, you start them both. I mean, we saw very clearly here, those two guys had four and five defensive stats respectively. Danny Green adding a couple of three-pointers. He's probably the better option between those two things. Uh, Just because the almost doesn't take any shots. But yeah, you start them both. Uh, Start the starters, effectively, with Philly right now. And on the Boston side, the Time Lord was a late scratch due to personal reasons. If that continues, then you can obviously start Ennis Cantor Freedom. I don't think I would use a head-to-head move on him because I, I do believe there's a chance that the Time Lord is back quickly. But in roto, it actually makes a lot of sense. Pick up Freedom, Canter. I don't know what what are we what are we going with here? Doesn't matter. Um, and if he gets the start, you start him. Simple enough. Dennis Schroeder is uh, trouble. He's not been very good when Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart are all in the lineup for the Celtics. One of those guys is out. Schroeder tends to be the guy to step up. Uh, his fantasy game is actually not that great. In general, he needs a whole bunch of usage to get there, and I don't think he's going to get there when the rest of the backcourt and wings are healthy, really when the other usage guys are healthy. But it's hard to drop him, so I understand that. I think points leagues you hang on. 9-cat, you can give it a little bit longer, but I'm not super bullish on Schroeder just as a fantasy option anyway. Chicago blew out Houston, and of course figuring out who the hell is going to do stuff on the Rockets on a given night is an adventure, Garrison Matthews has generally been a very good stream lately. Jay Sean Tate missed a couple of free throws. That's the thing that's always going to weigh him down. I finally swallowed that vomitous nugget down and told you guys that Eric Gordon is probably streamable. He probably remains streamable. This wasn't a particularly good or bad ball game for him, but he's been doing enough lately. And then do I trust Armani Brooks? I don't. Do I trust KJ Martin? I don't. Meh. Chicago got a big one at Alonzo Ball. Alex Caruso went down with a sprained foot, so his return to health didn't last particularly long. Uh, We'll see what they're doing here. Javante Green is back. He's starting, and he'll probably get a little bit more to do, but I don't think it's going to be enough. And then Kobe White, who came off the bench for 24 points, I I don't know that that continues. And Zach Levine figures to be back relatively soon. Next week, at the very least. I don't think I trust Kobe White in almost any format, at least because we just don't know when guys are magically going to reappear. We have an idea. I mean, you can pretty much assume someone's going to miss a week, but then beyond that, it's like, well, is it going to be a day more? A week more? Two weeks longer? They re-signed Alfonso McKinney to a second 10-day contract. He had a big game here. I, I mean, certainly if you're looking for a weird head-to-head streamer with Levine out and now Caruso going back down, it's probably Kobe White, but I think I'd rather just leave that alone. Thunder got their revenge on the Grizzlies after losing by, what was it, 150 points the last time these two teams played one another? And it wasn't as though the Thunder were amazing. The Grizzlies were just bad. John Morant came back, and he actually played okay, but there did seem to be a bit of a disruption. And that, by the way, is not to put any blame on Morant. That's just what happens when a key, or particularly the main guy, comes back on a team, is there's a readjustment period. So everything will be fine there. Desmond Bain's still rolling along. Moran will be fine. JJJ will be fine. Dylan Brooks will be likely fine. He took 23 shots in this game. So if that doesn't tell you, he's still one of the main pieces. The the guy we were pretty much always watching is D'Anthony Melton, who did still get 21 minutes, but shot just one for eight. Four points, four boards, five assists, a steal, and a block. He always gets the boards, the assists, the steals, the blocks. That's the reason we love him so much, is that he can do all of these things. The problem that I continue to see here is that Melton, first of all, his minutes back down at 21, which is down two or three from uh, when Jaw was out. But then on the other side, Tyus Jones was out, the guy who tends to play the backup point guard minutes. They were able to go to Melton at that backup point guard spot, and that kept his minutes a little bit higher in this game than they might have otherwise been I'm holding him don't get me wrong I'm holding on to Melton until something forces me not to I'm just worried and I think logically it's quite reasonable to be worried because the last time this team was healthy and had Bain Brooks Jaw, and Jones all good to go Melton was playing 17 minutes and if he only and if he slips back four more minutes here then we're in trouble but for now Hold on, because we don't know how long Tyus Jones is going to miss. Might be a game, might be a week, might be longer. Charlotte trying to settle back in a little bit. Uh, Gordon Hayward hurt his back. He missed this game with a back injury. It was not protocols. Cody Martin is the guy that's in protocols for Charlotte right now. I'm not picking up Jalen McDaniels unless we find out that Hayward's going to miss a whole bunch of time, and then I might reassess that situation. In the meantime, what we thought might happen at the center position has happened, which is that's slipped back into a timeshare. So neither Mason Plumlee nor PJ Washington looks like a guy that we can use in games cap formats for the foreseeable future. You can use both in head-to-head because, again, don't drop somebody if they're healthy. If they're bad, you kind of just have to ride it out right now. Good to see Terry Rozier getting back to uh, pre-COVID. I mean, I think he's getting his win back. Miles Bridges, Lamella Ball, probably rolling those three guys. Kelly Oubre's usage way down with those three guys back in the mix. I think you hold Oubre a little bit longer. Again, not dropping guys that are healthy right now. Uh, But even on the Roto side, you probably hold him just a little bit longer to see how his role equilibrates here. And he did start with Hayward gone. And he figures to get just more minutes with Martin out. And so for Roto, I think you can buy him a little bit more time. Um, I don't know what to say about Rudy Gobert other than, oh, man. Oh, Rudy. I know that going into the season, I sort of became the Rudy Gobert guy. Every hit I did on other people's podcasts, they were like, what are you doing in the second round? I'm like, I'm just taking Rudy Gobert because I'm tired of messing around in the second round. Everybody's trying to figure out who that stud is going to be. And the folks that went LaMelo Ball, winner. And the folks that went Mike Porter Jr., loser. And there were a lot of uh, in-between type guys. I mean, we can go back and look at Uh, draft results and try to remember who went in the second round of drafts. And if you move past the first couple of picks, because those guys on the turn, they don't even really count as second rounders. Those are turn guys. So that was like AD, Bradley Beal, Vooch tended to go on the turn. Once you got past that, the real second round, at least the way I viewed it, was Freddie Van Vliet, Bam, Rudy, Trey Young, Sabonis, Zach Levine, LaMelo Ball, Michael Porter Jr., Donovan Mitchell, Sometimes Deandre Ayton kind of slipped into that mix, but it was really those ten guys that everybody was like, "Who do I? What do I do here in this second round? What do I do?" And uh, Devin Booker, by the way, also kind of flopped into that mix. But I think we all knew that just from a from an actual stat set standpoint, he had sort of no business going there. So that was when we we pushed off the board quickly. But the rest of those guys all had semi legitimate claims to going in the second round. And Freddie Van Fleet prior to uh, dropping into protocols right now. He's number 11 on a per-game basis, so that one's working out relatively well. And also, I think he felt like a relatively safe one, minus the injury stuff. Bam, who felt like a really safe one, came in with a busted knee that nobody knew about. That sucks, because I liked Bam. That one's hurting, because I did end up with him in one or two spots. But the guy that we just kept highlighting over and over again was Rudy Gobert, because he was pretty much always hanging around near the end of the second round, Nobody wanted him because everybody was afraid of free throw, and they should be. I mean, one good game for him yesterday does not a free throw fix. But there he is again, number 15 on a per-game basis, ridiculously durable again. He's played in 30 games. I don't remember precisely how many games the Jazz have played off the top of my head. I guess, suppose we can look it up while we're putzing around here. Um, a 30. He's played in 30 out of 30. Hasn't missed a game yet. Again, again, hyper-durable. By totals, he's number six. He's behind Steph, KD, who everybody's catching up to now because of protocols, Jokic, who had the hand thing, or the elbow thing, Kat, who has also been durable, and then Miles Bridges, who uh, has been incredibly durable and plays for a team that's had more games than everybody else. So that one's not super fair. I mean, the Hornets have played three more games than the Jazz, so shave three games off of that, uh, move him back down the board a little bit. Um, Bridges is number 27 on a per-game basis, so if he was at 30 games like Gobert was, he'd probably be more like around the turn as opposed to 33. So that was a little bit unfair. Uh, But if you look at the rest of these guys, they're all teams that played around 30 games. Miles Turner's number 10, JV's number 11, Van Vliet was 12, Chris Paul 13, and there's Donovan Mitchell at 14. Point of all this is, sometimes it's okay to go boring. And Rudy Gobert hit a whole bunch of free throws yesterday in the weird twist game of the century, and it was weird. Sacramento lost at Golden State. They were able to hang in there for a while in this game. And then Steph started to wake up, and Sacramento kind of ran out of gas. Draymond, triple-double, that's cool. I still don't really know why he's forgotten how to shoot free throws. He's still at 60% on the year, but otherwise he's been amazing. He's now at number 78, despite the disastrous free throw thing. But he's not the story in this game. Sacramento side is easy. We told you in yesterday's show, it's Halliburton, Heald, Maytu, and Barnes until people start coming back. That's really simple, really straightforward. On the Warriors' side, because they benched their whole team in their last ball game, we really didn't know who was going to play with Wiggins and Poole in protocols. Now we have a better idea. Uh, Jonathan Kamingo got the start and got hurt six minutes into the ball game, which opened up a whole bunch of playing time for the likes of Otto Porter Jr. and Andre Iguodala is probably not going to play more than 24 minutes. Uh, Offensively, he struggles. He has gotten better at the three-point line. But Damian Lee also got a start, relies very heavily on scoring. He shot six out of eight in this ballgame, so you can't expect that's going to happen every game. And then Otto Porter, who to me is, I, I waited on him here because he's probably the most interesting one. He played 30 minutes off the bench, 12 points, five boards, a steal, four blocks, and two three-pointers, and he's always had that really interesting across-the-board fantasy game. Am I picking him up in head-to-head? Probably not. I am generally afraid of what might happen with his body. He's brittle at this point of his career, but in Roto, I think you got to take a long, hard look at Porter because of what we know he can do when he gets 25-some-odd minutes. And finally, last one on the docket from last night. The Spurs blew out the Clippers, who got Paul George back. Apparently took a bunch of hits on his elbow, so uh, he doesn't know if he's going to go in the next one. Let's hope that he's back, because you kind of saw the same thing happen with L.A. that you saw with Memphis. The main cog got reinserted back into the machine, and the machine was like, wait a minute. We figured we figured out how to do this a little bit without this cog. Now we got to readjust back. Uh, good news on the Evita Zubot's front is that Isaiah Hardenstein is out. And so Zubot's minutes pop back up to 27 and a half. And he's locked into a very nice role as long as Isaiah is out. Uh, one thing I'd like to point you guys to, as opposed to trying to go through every single name on the list of COVID protocols and work through all of that with you daily on the podcast, I'd like to point you to our good friend, friend of the show, and HoopBall Assistant Editor Adam King, who put together a comprehensive protocol list that's available for free at Sports Ethos until New Year's Day. So you have 11 days starting today. You can use this. It's going to be updated every morning when adam wakes up which of course he's in australia so that'll be a little bit later than uh than you and i are waking up uh but right now for instance if you go there you can see every player that as of last night basically when adam went to sleep every player that's in protocols and interesting streaming options that surface as a result of that so i would say check it early afternoon like it doesn't have the the tht news in there yet because adam is asleep right now uh but when he updates that, you'll get to see every moving piece. It's something that we've all desperately needed because it's so easy to to lose track of who the hell is actually available on these teams. And Lord knows we got another big chunk of players dropping into protocols today. Um, Precious Achua, Scotty Barnes just joined Freddie Van Fleet for the Raptors, so their team's getting into the thick of it now. And it's going to keep going like that. So again, look, I'd love to go through like every name that dropped in and dropped out. The problem is... If I start to talk about who's in and who's out on a given day, you almost have to go through the entire league every day. That's a dumb way to spend a podcast because I have other things I wanted to get through, namely what happened the night before, strategy discussions, things of that nature. So big thank you to Adam, who uh, I was hoping to have on the show today, but my schedule got screwed up. Uh, I'm hoping we can get Adam on tomorrow. He can talk a bit about this pet project he's undertaken. um, On January 1st, it's going to move behind the paywall for Fantasy Pass subscribers at Sports Ethos, but I would encourage all of you guys to check that thing out now. It's really, really useful, uh, and it'll be very useful again in about two hours when our good buddy Adam is up and uh, and updating things. So wonderful work by Adam King, who, of course, you can follow on Twitter at AdamKing91. If you want to find the link to this, I uh, retweeted it last night. I quote tweeted it last night. Uh, but it's coming through on the uh, Ethos Fantasy BK Twitter feed about every four or five hours. The link is getting tweeted out to make sure that people are seeing it because it really is an unbelievably useful tool that Adam and the Sports Ethos guys have put together, and I would suggest you guys go check that out. So follow me on Twitter as well, at, at, uh, at Dan Bespris. He's Adam King. Hopefully we'll again get to talk to him live tomorrow about this project. More players and protocols. The madness continues. Um, let's survive it, guys. I mean that, I guess, literally and figuratively, but hopefully this the uh, discussion at the beginning of this show was somewhat useful, and we'll just keep partying along here. Uh, by the way, other piece of news here, uh, when you talk about the big ones that change, Clint Capella into protocols as well. So in addition to half of the Raptors, The uh, Atlanta starting center, the Hawks starting center is in, so Anika Okongwu figures to get a pretty good chunk of time. But again, we can do a lot of this stuff on Twitter because this might change by the time you're listening to the podcast. Podcast, you have to try to make something that stays somewhat accurate for at least like 8 to 10 hours. It's not easy these days. Twitter, you can do stuff that stays accurate for 10 seconds, and then you can just fix it. But I can't go back and just fix this podcast. Once it's out there, it's out there. Hopefully, you guys continue to enjoy. Please drop a five-star review on the pod if you haven't already. And I don't want to say I'm begging you guys, but please do check out our buddies at Thrive Fantasy. They have an amazing product. And if if you're not checking it out, you're leaving cash on the table. Uh, I've been screwing around with my bookie already today. Uh, there is a bit of a rollover, I found out, on my, my $10 uh, casino chip. But I'm... Most of the way to cashing it in, and I think I'm up like 10 or 15 on the bonus dollar, so I might end up making 15 to 25 bucks on uh, today's freebie. Doesn't sound like a ton, but if I do that for 11 straight days, I'd love to make 200 dollars between now and the new year doing playing slots where I don't have to put in my own money. Mm-mm-mm. Remember, the promo code at MyBookie is HoopBall, and the promo code at Thrive Fantasy is Ethos. Get that link out to you guys. I'm Dan Vespers This is Fantasy NBA Today. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. We'll talk at you tomorrow. So long.